0: Welcome to another episode of the Muslim Bitcoiner podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah. And today, our guest is uh, Adam Mashriq. Uh, he's an electrical engineer at, at a Bitcoin startup, and uh, he's also the co founder of Bitcoiner Malaysia. And we'll get into what Bitcoiner Malaysia is and what they do later on in the podcast. So, uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Uh so I guess just to kind of start, I like to start uh these podcast episodes by asking the guests of um telling me about their Bitcoin journey, when they started, and uh how how their uh how how did they first get Orange
1: All right. Oh, this is quite a long story. Maybe I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so I have multiple points where I got Orange spill. Like there's no one definite like woman So uh I started like all the way back in, in 2000 2013 is actually when I started trying to dive deep into Bitcoin from the technical standpoint.
2: Okay.
1: So my background is engineering. And like a lot of my a lot of my friends, my classmates uh, were. They're, they're doing they're mining stuff and then back then I didn't know it's like I thought Bitcoin was like another PayPal so so it's, it's only when they started man- talking about mining it's like like well, why do you have to mine this stuff so yeah, and then I started watching like a lot of Andreas Antonopoulos videos and I bought this textbook mastering Bitcoin which is quite good like there's already like a uh back then there's not a whole lot of books on Bitcoin. So, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's interesting. But but I started with the how of Bitcoin. So and then uh, in 2015 I found Saif blog. And in like in one of his blog articles, it's a chapter that's actually that's in his book that uh, he wrote later. That chapter was like it's a very like a, a defining moment for me on the why of Bitcoin. And then another another article that I can think of is a uh, Vijay Boyapati's bullish case for Bitcoin. Uh, that also that's also quite early on. Uh, but back then there was no Bitcoin standard. Yeah, so. <laughs> So it's uh it's like very also like very uh I I I really lucked out in terms of like, and that I managed to find <laughs> Safein's block like at that at that time. I was doing some pretty heavy shit also. <laughs> <laughs> well not you know, not so heavy. Just yeah, this having fun. Just uh screwing around with uh, all these coins. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fun.
0: It's fun. Yeah, unfortunately, that's how uh, a lot of us get started in Bitcoin. Is that we usually go the shitcoin route? But yeah. Uh. So th- w- when when did you uh when did you start mining? Uh, I I know you talk a lot about mining Bitcoin. When did you first start, or what what made you want to start? I sh- I should also ask.
1: Like I'm not really doing it doing mining like like big time. Mm-hmm. I have like a few machines. I mean I got like I got this S9s. I got like really cheap S9s after the 2017 crash. Actually that's when, yeah, that's when I just put it put it up like on and off. But this is like nowadays, now nowadays you need better machines, like you can't you can't use S9s anymore. Uh, even um even during the height of the last bull market, it was already getting quite difficult. I, uh, I like I couldn't get any profit you're you're just paying the amount of like you're buying Bitcoin with your electricity bill oh wow yeah wow. so like yeah I think I think like if I were to do it now I'd probably be mining at loss yeah <laughs> so unless but I have like I've I've like people that uh I, like I know I've met people that have immersion mining rigs in their house. Oh wow. Like, they have like new these S90 machines
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: still competitive at the, at the current Malaysian tariff. So but because the thing with these miners is that they're very loud and they're very hot. Oh yeah. So so you have to do like uh this so uh, that are these guys that figured out how to do immersion pooling. And then they just put it in, like in their, uh, like in behind the house or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Malaysia,
1: I'm... like that's that, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of mining going on in Malaysia. Um, some legit, some not so legit. Like a lot of people are stealing from the meter. Has <laughs> become quite a big issue. But if like if you if you look at if you look at Cambridge, uh, there's a uh, Cambridge releases data on Bitcoin, like global Bitcoin mining. So they put Malaysia in the top 10. At yeah, one time, Malaysia was like top five. Oh wow. Bitcoin hash power in the world. Because uh, but but I have I have I have another friend who disputes that. So, uh, so he's like yeah, he's kinda skeptical. Like it, he's he's quite a mining expert as well. So uh, I I don't
0: know. Oh okay. Well would would you uh, say like uh currently right now is, is uh is it is it very profitable? To mine Bitcoin in Malaysia, like how, how are the are the power prices expensive
1: there? From the grid, no, uh, oh. pretty much impossible. Like you have, so the thing with Malaysia is that we have thirty percent of installed capacity. That means uh, power generation is thirty percent above what we actually use at all times. So there's a lot of Power generators and like gas generators, it's just, it's just lying, it's just not doing anything. So, as all, and also in Malaysia, there's like a lot of these uh, independent power producers, they sell electricity to the grid operator. There's just one national grid operator, TNB. So, oftentimes, they are, when their contract lapses, they, they, they get, they probably won't get as an attractive price as they used to. Hmm. So they have to figure out what other things they can use this electricity for. So there are power generators, power generation companies in Asia that are mining big So since they have their own power generation, then they, they don't really have, other than fuel, or maybe if, if they're using hydropower, then it's pretty much free.
0: Exactly, it's right. It's just maintenance, yeah. Wow. So you're
1: like, you're like like me, know, like me knowing this finding out is like finding out about this stuff like there are people mining like in the middle of the jungle like <laughs> in the middle of like palm oil plantations like you have to ask yourself, how do you like, how do you stop this
0: wow it's kind
1: of kind of crazy yeah.
0: yeah i know it, it sounds like in certain parts the the mining is kind of decentralized in in, in malaysia it's very it's very interesting yeah. Wow. We
1: yeah we only hear about the big time mining operations in China and US like you do yeah uh, but there are plenty of small time miners.
0: Yeah yeah, especially if like you said, if you can get the power for free like from hydropower yeah. or, or, exactly. or, or, or something, that's that's great. Wow. Um, so I guess I, I, I want to pivot the discussion to uh, Bitcoin or Malaysia because uh, I, I I noticed that uh, the Twitter account for Bitcoin or Malaysia, or at least I, I've noticed that it was uh, created not too long ago. Uh, and uh, when when I first saw the Twitter account come online, I was I was very excited. I was like, oh wow, a, a Bitcoin organization from Malaysia, and they you know they're they're Bitcoin only. they're not shitcoin. it's a that 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 that's a huge plus. Um, so I guess what 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 is Bitcoin or Malaysia, and what do you guys do? Ah
1: uh, yeah, so I started this this is just a Telegram group between me and like a few people. I started it with like uh, this guy uh, Jerry. <laughs> so what we do is that we because so like two years, two three years ago, we wanted to create a space for Bitcoin only people. Uh, we already have plenty of crypto blockchain groups. There's even like registered organizations, right? So I was looking for some, something different. I, like, I want to start something different. So I started like just a telegram group. It was just uh, like a few people that I know that's just you know Bitcoin only. Uh, and then we started doing meetups, like physical meetups. And then lockdown happened. And we couldn't do physical meetups anymore. But now we've restarted, and hopefully this year, uh, we're gonna have like, we're gonna try to be consistent with the once a month meetups. And like, we we even have like a coffee shop that accepts Bitcoin, uh, oh. and then the owner the owner agrees to host the the, the thing. It's just it's just a small low key group, yeah. just to help people along with the, uh, orange spinning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I find that same problem, uh, just in general with, uh, <clears throat> like with, uh, most Muslims in general, whenever I look at like, uh, any kind of like Bitcoin group, it's almost always mixed with shit coins and like it's, it, and, and it's usually like geared for trading rather than actually talking about Bitcoin and only Bitcoin. And, um, I, I also find that challenging as well, that you know there aren't really that many organizations out there that are bitcoin only and that was the case definitely back then and it's not so much the case now as more and more people are kind of waking up to bitcoin only but it's uh, it's 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 cool that you know it's 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 still kind of uh, small it sounds like and you guys are still growing but it sounds like the as long as the message is laser focused on bitcoin i think more and more people inshallah will hopefully want to want to want to join and learn more uh, uh learn learn more about bitcoin and not crypto so just to uh ask about bitcoin or malaysia so like it just sounds like right now it's kind of small and you guys are just trying to do like regular meetups uh could i could i ask uh how, how many people typically do you guys get at your at your meetups at your coffee shops
2: uh, well usually you get like a dozen okay okay yeah. all right Meet not
1: up. not not a whole lot <laughs> okay like not like not a lot compared to like all the other more established web three just like web three meetups doing
2: oh yeah like very, yeah I bet, I very bet.
1: fancy events <laughs> and they're and they're very well funded
0: oh yeah that's that's true i bet um
1: yeah. but I even bet in the bear market huh? yeah. me.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say that even during a bear market, you see like these blockchain and Web3 conferences still pop up. But I mean, they're not as they're not as popular during bear markets, but they're, they're like you said, they're well-funded and it's kind of hard to compete with that because, you know, like Bitcoin doesn't have a CEO or a head of marketing or anything. So we just kind of have to like do it from the ground up uh, in, in, a, in a grassroots kind of way, like the way you guys are doing.
1: Roger Roger View was uh, he was paying people in Malaysia. To host meetups mm-hmm. on Bcash for Bcash. <laughs> <laughs> my concern is that is that Malaysia like or Asia in general like some of these not so when I mean, emerging economies uh like fertile breeding ground for for money coming from from altcoin shitcoin groups mm-hmm. because they couldn't they couldn't really penetrate u.s and and european scenes i see so they come they come here which is kind of like and a lot of people get taken with them Um, so yeah i I mean i don't know yeah
0: yeah i mean if if, uh as 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 soon as one of these um shitcoin promoters uh you know present present cash i mean it's uh it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to decline and yeah, you you definitely see that with a lot of uh, with a lot of altcoins. But like I said, I mean, yeah. but
1: on the on the flip side, they actually, the the positive thing is that they they kind of get people to learn about this stuff in general. Even if even if like they they might lead them astray at some point, but I don't know. I mean, because I that's how I that's how I started. So I I went to Singapore, like I went to Singapore, like for for like blockchain hackathon
2: hmm.
1: at a bank in 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 like twenty fifteen. So I mean, I'm not, I mean, i not too worried about this this situation. I, I think I think people generally have time to kind of correct their course
2: because
1: I think it's still very early.
0: Right, right. I, I, I see what you're saying. And yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, like a, a lot of Bitcoiners today, they started with the shitcoin route and they eventually found their way. And then like, you know, as people kind of come into Bitcoin, they're probably going to follow that same route. But it just it it just feels like uh, you know I I notice I notice Bitcoiners spend a lot of their time trying to convince other you know people that think they're Bitcoiners why they're not Bitcoiners and that you know it's like no you're still involved in and you don't actually get the innovation of Bitcoin uh, Bitcoiners spend a lot of their time uh, whenever they're interacting with uh, with like shitcoiners is trying to get them to unlearn w- what they think they know about things like blockchain and Web three and actually trying to get them to see that the the actual innovation of, uh, Bitcoin. The
1: the thing with that is that it's hard because it's like, it's very technical. Like, unless you're someone like me, because I've spent a lot of time as a blockchain engineer. Mm. So the reason why, the reason why I got to this point, like aside from the Bitcoin standard is that. I've seen products that I've built fall apart okay. because of its dependence on shit coins. oh wow. so the, what happened was that was that okay so so one of my one of my products is, is called let's say supply chain tracking using using blockchain technology, right mm-hmm. We've been having problems with with the with the infrastructure. Because it has been unmaintained by that crypto team, mm. like after twenty seventeen, they pretty much up and left. So now we're stuck with the uh, software that they didn't man- that did they- that no one's left to maintain, which is kind of very difficult for us. So now I'm I'm trying to see if like for that particular product that like, I want to pivot it towards Bitcoin. That means having to redo a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So that's like my like first hand experience of, of the problems, like, like, like the problems of going or using things other than Bitcoin. Because I've seen the transition. And actually like even be even when I started, I've already kind of predicted that this could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's just um i don't know it's kind of it's interesting seeing it how it turned out and also seeing it firsthand
0: yeah i i find that like a lot of um companies that are trying to build a certain product based off of blockchain they're kind of you know they're they're not really like thinking long term it's like all right this blockchain thing is like popular web3 is popular What, what can we make to get people to use our crappy product and and we'll make a lot of money like it's not thinking long term that's why I think, you know, trying to get companies that were initially trying to do blockchain or Web3 or whatever, you kind of have to get them to change their mindset about, you know, like thinking long term that like, OK, like if you use this blockchain thing, like it's it's just a, a blockchain, is just a data structure. It's not going to it's not going to get you anything unique or new that hasn't already been made through like a through like a database or like a like a SQL database or something. But, you know, like with Bitcoin, it's you know, the, the goal is to actually, you know, s- Get out of fiat and use sound money. Like that—that's that, a long-term goal, and it's—it's it's kind of hard to explain that to companies that are just like looking. That all they see is like quick profits. That's all they want. And there's nothing wrong with seeing profits for sure. But it's you know, if you're if you're Bitcoin only, you have to kind of think uh, really long term. It's not—it's not—it's it,
1: you know, not even just profits. Like uh, these companies, they're getting funding from these uh, these shitcoin marketing budgets. Shitcoins have marketing budgets and then these marketing budgets go towards paying or or paying companies to build like prototypes, right? So it's very, very, there's a huge incentive for for companies to direct their, their product towards using a particular platform Especially if that platform has a token that that is that, that they're getting allocations towards. Mm. So there's like grants and stuff. Let's yeah, because because they all have a marketing budget. Right? Bitcoin and there's not right. a whole lot of funding in Bitcoin. Right,
2: and right. Yeah.
1: Either you hold Bitcoin or you try to uh, you try to get like a grant from it's not easy to get a grant on uh, in Bitcoin. You have to be a very, very talented low-level protocol developer. Like you have to be like, like called core dev level mm-hmm. developer in order to get to get like a grant. But that's like personal grant. Right? But now this is uh, there's already like there's there's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: that's
0: that's a very good point. Is that like- that's
1: why that's why I yeah, that's why I started I started going Bitcoin only, like even in my career. Yeah. But finally I managed to get a, like a bitcoin only engineering job.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, alhamdulillah. Wow. So that's that that's that's kind of the interesting story that you actually had to like see a blockchain product failing before you like a, a, as as you were also learning about bitcoin before you started realizing the the kind of, you know, the bitcoin maximalist message. So yeah, that that's that, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate it. I know that you've tweeted about this before, but I know you've worked on and are currently working on an app where you can actually donate uh, do, uh you, you can you can pay your zakat in Bitcoin. Can you tell me more about that app?
1: Uh it's it's not an app, it's uh, it's an existing platform. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just like it's just a website. Uh, you can go to globalsadaka.com where they, they host crowdfunding activities like people uh, if you have a cause that you want to fund or you want to raise money for you can you can list it with them they do some vetting uh on your organization and then like once that's done you can you can set like a goal and then people can donate money to your cause okay and, and if your cause is deemed zakat eligible then that's like a, you get like a special tax that people see that oh this or this cause is uh zakatable So, yeah, so that platform was, uh, has been going like for a while. And then they contacted me about uh, uh, handling Bitcoin donations. So, what I did was that I set up a BTC Pay server for them. And then, since they're using WordPress, uh, BTC Pay server has like a uh, WordPress plugin. So, it's like very straightforward. So, within, they started. In Ramadan of twenty twenty, like within one year, they raised like hundred thousand ringgit just from that Bitcoin source, just from the Bitcoin payment method.
0: Wow, that's 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 awesome.
1: Yeah, just yeah, and just to add, like like in Malaysia, all of the all of the zakat collectors, like zakat collection in Malaysia, is organized by this by the official ones. Mm-hmm.
2: They're
1: like official zakat collectors by state governments. So that like, uh, Malaysia has like a few like 15 states. So each will have like a uh state government. Uh, Islam is heavily institutionalized in Malaysia. So so it's not it's not like in the US, right? So so yeah uh so each each state Islamic agency has a zakat arm, like the zakat collection arm. Yeah. So and then each of them actually came out with um they actually came out with guidelines on how to pay zakat using bitcoin
2: oh wow okay yeah
1: and if you go if you go to the kuala lumpur zakat collect- Zakat collection mm-hmm. you go to the website you, actually, you can actually find in their online payment portal uh, a section where you can you can add how many bitcoins you have how many bitcoins you have, <laughs> <laughs> how, like, how bitcoins, uh, you have to pay I'm not sure. Like, you, have, uh, how many bitcoins you have? How many bitcoins you have to pay? Okay. But that's like uh, there's a section you can add. Uh, digital asset, and then bitcoin. But that's also like all, all like a lot of the a lot of like the other coins as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I I figured because <laughs> it's not it's I, not I it's think, not just
1: yeah it's not just right right. Yeah.
0: I I think I think st- starting out, you know, when you're trying to get like you know Muslim organizations, especially like to take payment. Uh, in in Bitcoin for for cats. I mean, I don't. It's it, it, you're you're not going to get them to get Bitcoin only immediately. I think yeah, they
1: don't they don't really care about that. They just exactly um, exactly. I mean, I I mean, I think I think people who hold shit coins also must be <laughs> I mean, if it's like if it's uh if it's above the requirement, then I mean, I think they should pay right.
0: Right, right, exactly. I would imagine the same thing applies to to you know a, a shitcoin as well. In in addition to Bitcoin, when it comes to that requirement. Yeah. So wow, that's okay. That's 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 very interesting. Actually, I, I kind of uh, want to pivot to talking about like the scholars in Malaysia and how they view Bitcoin. It sounds like they kind of already have a a. I, I don't want to use the word favorable, but it sounds like they at least kind of tolerate Bitcoin. Is that is that right?
1: So. Regarding that, like Bitcoin, the treatment of Bitcoin in Malaysia uh, and the sentiment of the scholars that used to be kind of 50-50. Like there's a lot of scholars that are that are fans of it. Just, there are some that are also against it. Um, but what happened was that after Bitcoin was recognized uh, and as being a regulated digital asset they came up, the government came up with like a framework for regulations. So in Malaysia, Bitcoin is treated as uh, a security mm-hmm. rather than like a commodity. But it also depends, just, it's, it kind of, it's kind of very complex. I don't know, It need, it's needlessly complex. It depends on how you treat it. Like you as an and user a like if you use Bitcoin as a currency, then it's not it's, it's no longer security. Then it's under the central bank,
0: right?
1: But if you're buying Bitcoin to as an investment, that then it's a security, which is actually kind of problematic for a lot of us that are that are thinking uh, that are dealing with the policy space. In some sense, we don't really want Bitcoin to be treated as a security. Should be like more like a commodity, like like elsewhere, like in the US. I think it's more of a commodity, right?
2: Yeah, you you you
0: kind of hit hit a good point though. But you know, like if you're buying Bitcoin on an exchange and you're just using that as an investment so that you can trade for fiat at a later time, then you know you're, you're not even self-custodying yeah. it. So it's just a claim on Bitcoin. So yeah, that that w- that would yeah. be a security if you're not self-custodying yeah. it. So.
1: so that like that leads to the point where. Um, the government has no problem with that use case of Bitcoin. Mm. And to that effect, the scholars follow that line of thinking. That means within the Malaysian Securities Commission, that is a Sharia Advisory Council, like one of the, like one of the like one of the people, the uh, like Dr. Idawal Bakar is is very it's quite a big fan, like of but it's it's I not mean, it's not Bitcoin only, but it's like, right. like all, all these crypto fan. So he's, he's a big fan of cryptos in general, as far as I know. So they've come up with their sort of like a like like hukum on investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, digital assets, but it's under the Securities Commission. So that means their, the caveat is that the caveat is that if you're buying it as an investment as a security that means it's a security and since it's a security and it's regulated by uh by this by the SE and you're buying it from a licensed exchange then it's I see okay
0: but but
1: it's only it's only limited to that like you have to buy it from a licensed exchange like I mean, it doesn't cover like oh, you know, like if you, you just wire money to Binance and then buy it from like offshore, or you buy it from, or if you buy it from a peer to peer or like, you know, in a peer to peer fashion, I I'm not sure what's how they would view that. if, you, and if you're using Bitcoin as a currency, there's no um as far as I know, there's no the uh, the only thing that I, I that I've heard a scholar say is that it's haram. For, but but uh, he he did clarify that if you're using Bitcoin as a currency, it's haram for now. But it might change in the future. So there's two treatments of Bitcoin in, uh, from from the Islamic scholars in in Malaysia. So like once once it once it's legalized by legalized by SC, all of, all of the scholars fell in line but only only in that aspect like in the as a security as an investment it's not as a currency yeah whereas the currency use case is still is still yeah I there I think that's that's the more to from the from the from the perspective of the government it's more it's a more problematic use case of Bitcoin
0: right yeah and that's that that's what I was gonna say you know like as as a government they don't want any competition for their fiat currency so like you know if people start using bitcoin as it's intended which you know like actual money then that could be like problematic for like you know the yeah. government or the central bank or whatever but you know if people are just using it to like trade on an exchange then it's like you know they they, they don't see any, any threat to that and i think you know that from their perspective that that kind of makes sense but it's it's also sad because you know you, people are supposed to uh like actually use Bitcoin as money, yeah. and supposed to, you know, most importantly, they're supposed to self-custody their their Bitcoin, and that's that's kind of uh, that's 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 kind of hard to communicate with people that don't know anything about Bitcoin and what that difference is. Because to an outsider, it just seems like Bitcoin is Bitcoin, whatever. Like if you're gambling it on an exchange, it's the same thing as like you know self custodying it, self-custodying it, or using it as money.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not even sure if, if self-custody is taken into consideration in the uh in the in the uh, Sharia advisory guidelines. Oh,
2: I see.
1: Yeah. Because I think I think probably like I mean most people who use the license exchanges, and there are a lot, like they there it's just that a lot of the trading is not happening in the in the local exchanges. Mm. Uh like a lot of Asians are trading on Binance. Right. Regardless of the regulations. But but the local license exchanges seem to be they, they they do seem to have like a lot of take up and they have like a lot of presence. Mm-hmm. Like you you see their billboards like everywhere.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't I don't I don't blame people, you know, uh well preferring to use something like 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 Binance or Crypto dot com to trade since those are more reputable than these exchanges that, you know, might have a higher chance of like going bankrupt or, uh, you know, run it, running, running yeah. away with their, with their crypto. So, okay. Wow. That that's, uh, I, I hadn't thought about uh,
1: it. And the interesting aspect is that Luno is Luno's parent company is a digital currency, which, and they're, they're having problems. Like, And one of Luno's products is a crypto savings account. That is a yield that, that, uh, that is bearing yield. that product has been having problems. I but, bet, <laughs> but but the but the Securities Commission in Malaysia doesn't let Luno offer that product in Malaysia. Uh, the people people who keep uh, their bitcoins in Luno, that has quite a good certainty that is they're back one to one. So so it's it's actually interesting that the regulators are actually making sure that exchanges are operating on full reserve.
0: Wow, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I haven't uh, I haven't really thought about that distinction and about like governments and central banks looking at, at Bitcoin from those two aspects. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. That was that was very interesting. So I, I guess we're 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 gonna wrap up in a few minutes, but before that, I wanted to ask um what 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 challenges have you and Bitcoin or Malaysia have been experiencing with uh trying to orange pill other other Malaysians. I mean, have, have you guys tried to like, you know, set up anything to try to orange pill people? And what 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 challenges do you guys I mean, face? Like, what's what's the biggest
1: fud that that you hear people say? I mean, a lot of people in Malaysia don't like that uh, people are stealing their city for mining.
2: Oh, okay. So
1: so you see a lot of like you see a lot of uh, operations like like if the police come and seize miners from like an illegal operation. It's uh it's like it's like a very visible negative thing that a lot of that like that's the only uh impression that Malaysians are getting on, on this whole thing. So we've had to do like a lot of uh education on that on, on that regard. I mean not, not Bitcoin of Malaysia, like it's like all these other uh associations. Right. Um Bitcoin of Malaysia is quite uh recent, so we've not had to deal with that um actually we haven't I mean we we've had we haven't had really competitive people come and you know and, and try to like dispute uh, I mean or like me I don't know but I've had I I mean personally like I've had people uh try to debate me or like debate me online about, uh, about it and uh it's it's mainly energy it's mainly it's mainly energy but It's like a Israeli CIA thing or something, <laughs> which is kind of uh. Like, I mean, at that point, I I can't even be bothered.
2: <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, you, you know, one 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 thought that I had is that you know, as, as people are seeing these like miners get seized in Malaysia, and then you know, like the government's kind of cracking down on like people stealing power for mining. Do you, do you think that's going to create a breeding ground in Malaysia for Folks, there to kind of see proof of stake as like a, as, as like this new thing that like that we should be embracing. We should like we should only we should ban proof of work uh, and embrace proof of stake. Do, do you see that being being a being an issue coming up, or am I being paranoid?
1: Probably like among a lot of young Malaysians who so are invested in in on these uh, proof of stake coins. Uh, probably yeah, I mean yeah, but. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the legitimate mining operations are done by like very connected people. I don't, I don't think that's going to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how Malaysia works.
0: Yeah. So I guess, I guess before we close out, um, I, I like, I like to ask my, uh, some of my guests is, uh, do, do you have any advice for any Malaysian or anyone in general that's looking to get into Bitcoin? Like what's. What's something you 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 wish you knew back then that you could uh, that 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 you know now?
1: Oh, back then there was there like there wasn't a lot of uh, reading material right, uh, uh, compared to right now. I mean, today you can learn about both the how and why, whereas whereas back then, I mean, it's mostly like nerds tinkering with stuff. So you're just more fascinated by the engineering side. I see. I see an advice that I don't hear a lot, and that I don't hear very often nowadays is uh, because you can get like all, uh, you can get like all uh, like many of the other kinds of advice. Like oh, yeah, you can just read the Bitcoin standard. Like that's that, that's like standard advice. Uh or you can like you can watch you can uh, you can watch uh, Muawiyah Tucker's videos on YouTube. That's that's a that's a good advice. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. especially if you're Muslim, go search for Crypto Reviews uh YouTube channel and just go through all the views. But yeah, another the, the advice that I'm thinking of is that you should try to find people like on the ground, like that you can meet face to face. And then and then build connections with them, like so that you can actually trade with them peer to peer. In Malaysia, a lot of people Are trading in whatsapp groups like it's not just they're not just using exchanges Mm. there are a lot of whatsapp peer-to-peer trading groups and there are a lot of uh there are a lot of peer-to-peer platforms like some of them like they don't just rely on centralized exchanges there's already uh, an entire fragility aspect that is getting big in there if you if you're just if you're just interacting with Bitcoin purely online, I mean, it's kind of it's it's I mean it's kind of hard to see what's happening like in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. So I think meeting people locally, try to find try to find like local meetups, and then also try to try to go to maybe like if you find conferences that you're interested in, you that's what I did. Uh, I I went I went to a lot of uh Bitcoin technical conferences, like not like not not the more mainstream ones
2: Mm-mm. that
1: have like a lot of shitcoin promotions as well. Like yeah, like even like even as a non even, even as like a non-technical person, I think it's a good idea to go to try and sit down with like try to meet Bitcoin developers. Hmm. Okay.
2: That's
0: that, that's actually really solid advice. And you know, I think that kind of Speaks to the peer-to-peer part about Bitcoin is that you know, like you, you should you should try to find people in a peer-to-peer way and try to actually use Bitcoin, the technology, in a peer-to-peer way as well. And you do that by you know finding someone on the ground. And yeah, I I, I actually really appreciate that advice, and I I, I also agree with that advice and that you should try to find a local meetup, try to find uh, you know people that are knowledgeable about Bitcoin, especially from a Bitcoin-only perspective, and learn from them but also at the same time you know read the bitcoin standard read the bullet case for bitcoin there's uh there's lots of material out there to learn from um okay so i guess uh that uh i just want to thank you for coming on the show i i really appreciate it this this has been a lot of fun and i feel like i've actually learned a lot um and i've i finally gotten my questions answered since i've <laughs> Seen Bitcoin Malaysia come up as a as as a Twitter account. I've I've, I've had I've, I've had quite a number of questions since they came up, and I'm kind of glad that I got you guys on the show. So I guess uh, before we close out, can you tell us where to find you, like what your Twitter account is, or your company, or anything?
1: Okay. my my startup doesn't have a name right now. So it's like it's like very it's like very early stage. Oh, okay, stealth mode. We call it stealth mode. <laughs> I can I can uh okay. So my so my my personal Twitter is like. Uh, I mean, you can just search for Adam Masri because my, my Twitter handle is kind of weird. Okay.
0: Yeah. And uh, and and also there's the uh Bitcoiner Malaysia. I think it's uh Bitcoiner. Uh, yeah, that is yeah, Bitcoin in Malaysia.
1: Malaysia. You can search. Uh, you yeah, you can search for Bitcoin in Malaysia. Yeah. By the way, like I'm I'm actually working on a hardware wallet.
0: You want to tell it's us a bit anything more about it before you get off the show?
1: Our goal is to create like a natively multi-signature Bitcoin hardware wallet. That means you need multiple devices in order to sign transactions. The difference is that we're trying to build on top of that route that allows multi-signature Bitcoin transactions to be constructed in a way that you can't tell it apart from a normal transaction. And it's also smaller in keyword. Oh,
0: huh. okay. That's 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 awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Or we're well, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, like
1: maybe right. maybe I'm trying to, I'm trying to get Trying to see if I could get like a beta out within this year. Yeah. Okay. Not sure yet. Uh. But yeah. Uh. Inshallah.
0: Inshallah. We'll we'll uh we'll we'll be looking forward to that, or at least I'll be looking forward to forward to that for sure. Okay. Thank you, Adam. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Uh. Thanks for having me.